0: Previously on Funny Science Fiction. I actually, when I go to convention appearances, I get in front of the the microphone. I don't say hello, hi, I'm Armin Schmerman. I just go, (laughs) (laughs) hello.
1: Hello, this is Pinky. A.K.A. Rob Paulson. And you, you genius people, are listening to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Nerve
2: podcast that convinced Professor X to read our minds and unfortunately he decided that Magneto was right about everything. Yeah sorry about that kids. So our guest today is quite possibly the hardest working man in voiceover. We had to have him on our show because he's voiced some of the most iconic characters in animation history. Yeah I think it's probably easier to name what he hasn't been in (laughs) than what he has been in. So today, I'm very honored to say that we have with us on Funny Science Fiction, Rob Paulson. Welcome to the show, Rob.
1: Well, hello, Kathleen, Nick, and Tim. What a great, great pleasure to be here. I'm um, a little liquored up and in the water tower, but I'm just kidding. It's cartoons, kids.
0: Uh, it, is, um, it is a pleasure, honestly, for you uh, guys to, to, uh, as I said earlier, lower your journalistic standards for an old channel. Very nice. Thank you.
3: I don't know if this is lowering or if this is raising our standards at this point. All,
2: all I know is that through some point through all this, Nick is going to have to mute my audio so he can get my snort laughing out of there. So. Oh, <laughs> no, we... we're just
3: going to take an entire reel of just Tim's snort laughs. It's good.
2: When
0: you get to when you get to the level where you start snorting, then you're a you're a really good laffer. That's great. Please. Exactly.
2: All right. So there, Rob, there are literally a million questions I want to ask you, but we all know that we don't have time for that. And I try very hard to avoid what I call the Comic-Con questions, the right. typical questions that you get probably every time somebody, you know, uh, every time you go to a different Comic-Con. But I found something the other night and it was almost by accident and I couldn't believe that it existed. And I'm so glad to know that it existed.
4: Okay. And
2: and it is racking up uh, the number of views and watches at my house. Quite quickly, and I so I hope postmodern jukebox really enjoys the number of oh. views that they've gotten from. <laughs> uh, Isn't that something? Oh my god! I giggled with such delight for the first time I watched that to watch you. Did you snort? I did. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the the great part was for me w- was when um, I realized that you and Maurice were standing back there, and and you weren't just standing back there, but you were actually. Pinky and the Brain standing back there in human skins. And I was yes. like, oh, my God, this is genius. Um, so can you take a, a few minutes to indulge me and tell me how this all came about and and how this all happened?
0: It did. Uh, the gentleman who, um, uh, Scott Bradley, who was the genius. And I mean, I, I've known several geniuses in my life. And Scott is the real deal. He's the one who created postmodern jukebox. And, as a side note, are not those kids the most talented? Gosh darn, they oh, do! It's, so it's crazy what they can do. Things. Golly,
2: are they I, talented? I, I love what they do about taking the, the modern songs or some oh. more modern songs and giving them that old timey jazzy. Oh video. my goodness! It's For amazing. those of you,
0: thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up, Tim. For those of you who don't know what Tim is referencing, please, 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 when we're finished, go to YouTube and check out Post Modern Jukebox. Give yourself an hour with some killer headphones and you will be astonished at the talent of these kids. Um, So Scott is a pal and a fan. And he called up and he said, hey, man, do you think Maurice would be uh, down for doing a Pinky in the Brain sort of vignette as the beautiful Emmy Emily Golia uh, sings a sultry chanteuse version of the Pinky in the Brain theme song? And I said, yeah, sure. And Maurice could not have said fast enough. uh, Yes, fast enough. Or as he would say, yes, that's how the brain says yes. <laughs> and um, we went and Emily, we did just piano, brace and drums. Uh, Emily did put on her best Chanteuse vibe and did a killer version of the Pinky and the Brain theme song. And um, man, what a gas. And I think at last count, we got, I don't know, three or four million views, something like that, Tim. I think Uh, at
2: least 450, a thousand of them are from me, from in the last. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It it, it turns out it it turned out just beautifully. And uh, I'm just thrilled to death that you brought that up. But uh, that's exactly how it came up because Scott is a fan and um, called us up. We knocked it out in an afternoon. And you know what's always such a thrill is um, it's kind of like you guys, you you sweet kids. uh, And I mean that with. Utmost respect because I am old. People don't know this, but I was the entertainment at the Last Supper. Um, <laughs> in those days, I was Sheki Arimathea, and geez, that was a heck of a party. Um, and everything was great until Judas decided to do karaoke, and he did backstabbers, which I thought was a very poor choice. Nonetheless, um, we—you uh, know—you get to these events, and we started recording. And it turns out everybody on the cast and crew, the musicians and everybody, all we had to do is have Maurice start riffing as the brain and he start saying, hey, God, Emily, what are we going to do tonight? <laughs> and they all started laughing. And it was an absolute labor of love. And uh, it probably took us three and a half hours and we had just a total blast. So please, folks, check that out. Tim has excellent taste. It's really oh,
2: thank fabulous. you. Yeah, I'll make sure that we actually drop a. Uh, a link to that in the, oh, the episode great, description, uh, so that people can get a chance to watch it. Because I, I can't support that enough. That is fantastic. I think, um, yeah, I have never heard the theme song to Pinky and the Brain sung so sultry in all my <laughs> life. That um, was odd. She but killed amazing. it. Oh yeah, Just she did. She it. Yeah. It got an amazing voice on her. Doesn't wow. Oh, yeah. Goodness yeah so uh but yeah so very cool so very glad that i found that and uh i think i think the night that i found that i was you know not only was i watching it over and over again but i'm pretty sure i shared it with nick and kathleen Mm -hmm. and and then i shared it with a bunch of my other (laughs) friends i'm like you guys gotta
3: go watch this right now (laughs) my husband and i are big fans of postmodern jukebox anyway and so then when tim's like do you guys do you know they have this one i'm like how did I miss that one? How well, did I'll tell I miss you what. One?
0: All you guys, Kathleen and, and the other you guys, if, if you get a chance to see them live, please do. They they are pretty ubiquitous. They do a lot of really hard touring, but they just absolutely kill it—singing, dancing, crazy playing. I saw them at uh, uh, the um, oh gosh, in New York. Uh, I can't remember where I saw them in New York and Manhattan. Um, oh, Radio City Music Hall, and oh, it was God. full, and they just lit the joint up and what is really kind of wonderful is that they are all relatively unknown there are a few that you could find uh, their work online and, and i mean they all have work online but yeah. it's not like you're going to see adele or uh right. you know britney spears or whoever mm-hmm. but that is to me is one of the things that's so brilliant about it. Is these people are all relatively unknown but man once scott bradley hits the first note on his piano it is ah. Awesome. To the races, and it is the most incredible group of unknown but profoundly gifted people you will ever see. And the, as as Tim alluded to earlier, the way that they uh, turn put this lovely spin, kind of an old timey spin on well known newer songs. A, you know, ergo postmodern, mm-hmm. just genius. The yeah, arrangements are killer. You know what you're listening to but it sounds sort of more badass in the Mm -hmm. curious way. And so, yeah, check it out, folks.
3: So as of our recording today, that video has 2 million views.
1: Woo, thank you.
3: I just looked it up because I'm like, how
1: many?
0: (laughs) Thank you. They're
3: huge. They're amazing.
0: If that were translated into dollars, $2 million, you know it takes Nick six months to make that much money. (laughs) So that's pretty good.
2: (laughs) I'm just mad that Nick's not sharing. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, in my research, because you've got a few animated roles where you sing. Yes. And according to the internet, which we know the internet can be wrong, you are also a Michigander.
0: I am. See, I've got my Detroit Red Wings cap on right now. Love are it. You guys
1: from, are you guys from
0: Michigan? All
2: three of us are from Michigan. What? Yeah. My Red Wing, that's my Red Wings jersey hanging I back see there. I
1: right back there. Where are you? Are you guys in Michigan now?
2: Yeah, yeah, all three of us. Where? So I live just north of Grand Rapids. Okay. A little uh, town called Nuego.
4: I know where that is. And Tim? I mean, uh, Nick?
2: I live in uh,
4: Howell area. It's just I, east of Lansing. I know right where that is.
0: Let's see Papi. if he knows
3: this one. I'm in Standish.
0: I do know where Standish is. <laughs> uh, I, the reason I know that is there's a... Um, uh, well, my parents... Uh, and my family and I, we had a summer place in Grayling. Okay. So we stopped up on I-75. All the, every time we were on our way up to Grayling, we stopped at Standish to gas up. Birch Definitely. Run, Standish. Um, and I went. I was born in Detroit and grew up in Grand Blank, just south of Flint. Oh, so nice. I, I know where. My gosh, this is meant to be. I, mean, <laughs> I love you guys so much more.
3: I love that it's the, of course you know where Standish is. And that was the thing is I'm like, if he's from Detroit and he ever went up north, I-75 goes right back. That's this. right
0: through Standish, right? Right know through where, it. Know right where all of that is. So, gosh, what a pleasure. This is that, so great.
3: That is so cool. So, being from Michigan, being, yeah. from, Michigan, being from Detroit specifically, were you in a band?
0: Oh, right yes. Now? Everybody was. Yeah, I think anybody with a pulse in the 70s was in a band. In fact, I was in a band that was a pretty good one in high school, and we were seniors in high school, and we did a battle of the bands, and our first prize was to open for Bob Seger. At, um, yeah, and we won. at uh, yeah. A little place called Davisburg, um, which was just not far from um, Redford. No, Waterford, Waterford Hills, I think. Okay. But uh, uh, oh yeah, no, I I was in several different rock and roll bands, and one of which was a really good cover band. And I, um, it was the band that I left to move out to California after I. We traveled around the Michigan, playing up in Mackinac Island and. Uh, Petoskey and Traverse City and Flint and Gaylord and Lansing and, and uh, Ann Arbor, all over the place. But yes, ma'am, you you got it. Everybody um, back there was in a band.
3: Well, of course. I mean, when you you grow up in Motown, that's,
0: that's right. right. Gotta do it. I, it's totally in my blood. I i like you guys. It's all about Stevie, Aretha, the Temp, Smokey, nice. Four Tops, and then, of course, Alice Cooper and Bob Seeger and Dick Wagner and the Frost. and Nice Grand Funk Railroad, yeah, crazy, crazy group of talented people out of Michigan.
3: Oh, that's awesome! So, do you? How much do you think that that musical training that you had and being in the band has influenced your ability as a voice
0: actor? Then a lot, Kathleen. Uh, I also, at the insistence of my God bless her, uh, Carolyn Mobby, my high school choir teacher, took me aside one day and she said, "Mr. Paulson, you, you're." I th- How did she put it? She said, you're a little different. And I think, I think what she meant was she thought I had a little bit of a gift. And I said, wow, you- well, I, I am a little. I was a hockey player, too. So I've been dinged a number of times, which would certainly make me <laughs> <laughs> Um But um, sure she that. said, I insist that you learn to read music. You have to learn to read music. I didn't want to. It's just like being forced to take piano lessons. But I have such respect for Miss Mobby that I did. And I'm telling you what, Kathleen, the fact that I was a singer before every anything, and I used to sing in character just because it made my soul happy, which mm-hmm. still is something I do every single day. Um, and when I got cast on Animaniacs and they found out that I could read music, it was a boon to my career because it, it just puts you in a bit of a different category. Not better, just different, because that's one more arrow you have in your quiver. If you're a guy who can act create characters, have good improv chops, sing in character, and read music. You can not only deliver um, when you're called upon, but you can deliver quickly and save the studio money because you can knock it out in two or three takes because you read music. So it was an integral part to my uh, success without question.
3: The the majority of the voice actors that we've talked to have some sort of musical background. Yeah. Because you have to, to be able to have that ear to be able to to get to the different voices. It's exactly
0: to right, Kathleen. There is, without without question, and almost without exception, a musicality to a lot of these voices.
1: I knew a little guy called Carl Weezer from Jimmy Neutron. And he's kind of all over the place. And if you listen to him, he really does a lot of... It's almost like talk singing and goes up and down. And I don't know, Jimmy, it's, there is what, there's certainly a musicality to it.
0: you you're nailing it, kid. You're right on the money.
4: And speaking of singing from Animaniacs, you did Yakko's World, and yes. you did an amazing job with that song, and probably the reason why I know the majority of my countries today. <laughs> oh, it. As
3: soon as you say it, it starts playing in my head, and then it just right. doesn't have
4: stop. So, like, what was that story behind getting prepared to do that song? Like, you, you did say you had, like, a musical background and stuff. Yes. Like, was that a well, complicated piece, or?
0: Well, it's, look, I, I'm really good at my job, and I ought to be. I've been doing it forever. But I live in Hollywood, you guys. You can throw a dart and hit a good singer. What you can't do is throw a dart and hit someone who can write that stuff. And the real story is as follows. Uh, I've been cast as Yakko and Pinky and also Dr. Scratch and Snip on the same show. And um, the first song I recorded for Animaniacs was Yakko's World. And when I got it, I remember rehearsing it. And my wife said, what are you doing? And I said, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I had my headphones on. I said, check this out. This is, I'm going to sing this for you acapella. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Tunisia, Morocco, Uganda, Angola, Zimbabwe, Djibouti, Botswana. And she just said, oh, my God. And I said, yeah. But that's the first song. So the bar is pretty high, okay? But the real story is this, that Randy Rogel, who wrote that, and most of the songs you guys know, like uh,
1: it's a great big universe and we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. You might think that you're essential. Try inconsequential, consequential. It's a big universe and you're not. Um, uh, had been writing for Batman, the animated series
0: for which he'd already won an Emmy. Mm-hmm. But because his background is music and musical comedy. He heard about Mr. Spielberg and the same crew, Tom Ruger and those guys who did Tiny Toon Adventures doing a brand new show called Animaniacs. Was, this was going to be music driven in large part. So he started banging on that door. And they said, dude, you're writing for Batman. It's a hit. You're writing with Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. You just want an Emmy. What, do you need more money? No, 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 no. <laughs> just Give me a chance. I can do both. Mm-hmm. And to, the fact is that they kind of said, look, you're, we, we need you on Batman. You know, maybe down the road we get a couple of seasons. I had many action. He kept insisting. So finally, check this out, you guys. This is my point about you, anybody can sing, but writing it is different. Randy is so good that when he put together a demo and said, All right, they gave him a spin it and said, We'll give you half an hour, write something that, that you think will catch us. His audition piece was that song. He had that song in his back pocket. (laughs) Wow. Utterly unknown. I mean, in terms of Hollywood, he was working on Batman, but nobody knew about his musical shops and he had to insist. And finally they said, all right, all right, kid, what do you got? You got five minutes. And it was United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama. So that's what I mean. And then it just went like that from there. And I think that it's safe to say that a lot of the music from Animaniacs, including Yakko's World, have become pretty arguably iconic. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. Uh, and I gotta that's I love telling that story because that is just really kind of gives you an idea of how many gifted people are out here whom you've never heard of. A la how's this for circling back? A la postmodern jukebox. That's mm-hmm. my point. You don't even know who these people are, but once they start playing or singing or dancing, go God, yeah. Where did that come from? So that's the story. And great story. I
3: do need to interrupt and thank you right now because the Pinky and the Brain brain song. Yes, me, branch them, branch them. Brought me an A plus on my brain anatomy test in college. That a girl. As I did it in like two minutes and I handed it in. And my teacher's like, how did you do that? I'm like, well, you see here.
1: Hippo capus neural node.
3: branch them, branch them. I memorized the Animaniacs song.
0: Good for you, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful.
3: That was after I had used the president's song in government in high school.
0: Which Randy also wrote. It's he a wrote a
3: brilliant
0: song. He wrote Yakko's World." he wrote "The States and the Capitals." He wrote "The Presidents." He wrote, "I'm cute." He wrote, "I'm Mad. He wrote um, uh, a beautiful song that describes the concept of time. Um, when you're traveling from Nantucket through Chicago to St. Paul, and you're standing in an airport and you look upon the wall, there's a clock for every city and a different time for all from Asia through Malaysia to Peru. Did you ever wonder why that when it's 6 o'clock in Maine, at precisely the same minute it is 8 a.m. in Spain, when it's breakfast time in Rome, they're having lunch in the Ukraine, and it's supper up in Upper Kathmandu. Now, that stuff is cartoon Sondheim to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And Randy just just rips him off, and he's still doing it. It's, uh, it's remarkable. I
2: actually amazing. just used the States and Capitals song. For uh,
0: you
2: did. <laughs> I did so Kathleen and I will uh participate in a music challenge twice a year. Oh, uh, great! And so, for in May and October, 31, it's called a 31 day song challenge, and every day's got a different category. And one of the days was about you know selecting a song that that talked about the state that you lived in or that you were born, either city was it the state the you were born state in?
3: State you were born in,
2: yeah, right. So, I picked that song because I was born in Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. And so that song mentions Lansing because there's that not a ton to of happen. songs out there that really mention <laughs> not- Lansing. No. Uh, you know, uh,
0: because
3: I just went for the state because it was the, I'm like, I can use Glenn Miller and be like, I Yeah.
2: But I was, so I started doing some, some, I was doing some Google searching for songs about Lansing, Michigan. And all of a sudden I saw the States and Capitals song and I went, <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be a thing. Great! <laughs> <laughs> <That one. laughs> right. I could not enter that song in there fast enough. I'm like, just in case someone—I don't want anybody else to use this. Just in case. You so. bet. All right, so Rob, I have a question about the tick. Please. All right, so two things I learned while doing research for this: number one, I didn't realize that Mickey Dolenz was the original voice of Arthur in season Correct. one. Correct. I did not realize that, uh, and th- and that that's where you had taken over. I always assumed it was always you. Um, and never in the uh, the second part is here. Never in my life did I think that I would cross a plane where the tick and the monkeys intersected. Uh, <laughs> clearly, I was wrong. Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> However, uh, to my untrained ear, it sounds like you either did some voice matching for this character. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but for a, a character like this, would you have preferred to play the role from the beginning, well, or, do you, or do you not mind following up? Somebody else in their work, or was that not a concern?
0: I don't mind at all. Look, I'm a blue collar worker in the dream factory, Tim. I'm very proud to be such. I'm not a movie star. I'm a working actor and I've made my living and I get to pay for dog food and toilet paper and groceries and gasoline and automobiles and braces doing essentially what got me in trouble in seventh grade. So (laughs) I am utterly egoless in this pursuit. Truly. That's the
2: best answer we've ever gotten, by the way.
0: Here's a, here's a little inside baseball. Um, I was originally cast to be uh, Arthur from the beginning, and the night before we were scheduled to do the first episode, I got a call from the director who said, her name is Sue Blue. and she said, honey, I got a little news for you. And the way she said it, I thought, oh, well, okay, maybe I've gotten replaced, and I had been. She said the producers decided they wanted a celebrity talent to be the voice of Arthur, and I said, well, it's not the first time I've heard that. Okay, who's a celebrity, and they said, Mickey Dolenz. And I was a little taken aback, not because of Mickey. I grew up loving the monkeys, and I was thrilled to death to get a chance to work with Mickey at all. But my reaction was, Mickey Dolenz, again, not because of Mickey, but I would have thought they'd have gotten somebody, you know, like John Ritter or, or somebody that was
1: sure.
0: you know, top of mind vis-a-vis must-see television. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they said, look, we, we really love you. You were already the t- uh, Arthur. And we're going to have you be various and sundry characters in every episode anyway. And I was. They, they were true to their right. word. I've been in every episode. Then, after the first 13, Mickey uh, decided to go on the road doing live theater. And they came back to me and said, remember when? I said, you bet. And I said, look, the only thing I ask is that if, you're, if you really want me to do Arthur, of course, I want to do it, but unless I really suck, once Mickey comes back, would you promise that you'll keep me? Because I don't want to just keep going in and out. It 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 was a little hard to get replaced. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, absolutely. So Mickey left, could not have been nicer. And so for the second two seasons, we did three in total. So the first 13 were Mickey, right. and I did the last 26.
2: That's okay. awesome. Now, yeah. Yeah. My my favorite Mickey Dolan story, or Monkey story that I have in my life, just real quick, this is a complete offshoot sidetrack. Sure. So when I was a kid, and growing up, and getting into music, and, and all those things, my mom had a Columbia House membership, you know, back when oh, you of course. put yourself into Hawk for records that you were never going to pay for. Um, Forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I still old Columbia House like $40. Uh, but anyway, um, my mom said, well, here, you, you can pick out a cassette that you want. And so I Picked out uh Billy Idol's Vital Idol. Oh, great. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get some rock and roll. This is gonna be awesome. My mom uh did not approve of that choice and ordered me the monkey's greatest hits instead. So uh much to my chagrin, when I got this cassette, I didn't know who the monkeys were were before this. I was only about eight or nine years old. So but I got this tape and I'm like who the heck are the monkeys, Mom? Right. You know, it's just... last
0: train to Clarksville.
2: Right. And I Pleasant ended up Valley it.
0: Sunday. What the hell's the matter with you, Mom?
2: Exactly. <laughs> I ended up loving it, and and yeah, it, was, great it stuff. was on repeat after that. But yeah, yeah. So I was very. It, it was you know and to bring this back to the question and make see it goes full circle, guys. It does. Um, sure. So that's why I was so excited, or or, and I honestly, I I was never really aware that Mickey Dolans did any voice acting. That's right. Until, Until I was doing research, you know, about you and and came across the tick. And then there's this whole intersection of my life and all these things kind of came swirling back around. I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah,
0: no, it's pretty remarkable. And and Mickey, by the way, is a delightful man. He's just the kindest, most down to earth. I had the pleasure of uh, meeting and working with Peter Tork as well. Both of them just grateful, could not be more gracious, really decent guy. Awesome,
3: awesome. So, Tim already said that he wanted to avoid the the traditional Comic Con questions because okay. we we strive to be better than that.
0: Well, but, you already are. You're all from Michigan. You already <laughs> got it. Okay.
3: Looking at your IMDb, it says
0: 541
3: acting credits. Okay, IMDb is not always 100, percent. right? But you've got some pretty notable roles, as we've already talked about Pinky and. Dr. Scratch and Sniff, but going through that list, is there a hidden gem, a a character that nobody ever asks you about,
0: but that you're actually really, really proud of? Um, as a matter of fact, there's a character from The Tick that I did a couple of episodes uh, as a character called Brain Child, and it's just weird, oddball, despicable little boy who has, um, uh, his brain is too big for his skull, so... He built his own sort of plexiglass dome that goes over his head and i love that character he's just a little stinker <laughs> and it's a really really great little character and townsend coleman my buddy from ninja turtles who was michelangelo when i was raphael
2: mm-hmm. was
0: the voice of the tick and he and i did some really nice stuff uh, between his that pompous Thing that he does so beautifully, and I believe set the bar for Pat Warburton and Peter Serafonowicz and the other guys who came in afterwards and did the live-action stuff. Townie just lit it up. Um, but yeah, Brainchild is one, and another one is a character I did on a, a stop-motion show with Jim Cummings, whom you guys know as... Um, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie, yeah, Winnie the Pooh and Darkwing Duck and Tigger. Um, we did a show together called uh, Bump in the Night, It was a stop motion show on ABC before Disney bought uh, the network. Um, And I
1: played a little character who lived under the toilet. His name was Squishy Ted and he had this weird sound. I don't know why he talked like this. (laughs) But there were some killer
0: songs in it. And um, I really loved Bump in the Night. When you get a moment after after we're done, go to YouTube and check out Bump in the Night. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Jimmy is a world-class singer. And the two of us did some really nice pieces together. So those are two offhand that I just really love and and don't get, they don't get the love I believe they deserve. But thank you for asking, Kathy.
3: Of course. I'm also laughing about the fact that you're just doing these voices while sitting outside of Starbucks. And I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody behind you just to like snap their head with a wait, what?
0: (laughs) I know. It's it's happened before where people say, I get done, I'm wrapping up my stuff and I'll say oh my god I've got to show you my you know Ninja Turtle tattoo oh
4: that's awesome (laughs) it's great yeah so through your massive list of credits you've played everything from heroes to villains which type or genre of roles did you enjoy doing or preparing for the most
0: yes doesn't matter I don't care (laughs) I like them all Um, and I, I think by nature I'm a uh, I'm about comedy. That's kind of my Jones and kind of my vibe. Um, I I don't get to play too many uh, bad guys.
1: Mm-hmm. In
0: fact, I can't even remember too many. I can't remember one off the bat that's a real bad guy character. Maybe uh-huh. one called Steelbeak. There was a guy called yeah, I was Steelbeak. I going to say that one. Uh, thock wing Wingthuck, bada boom, bada bing. I love that guy. Um, but I, I think by nature, because comedy is such a part of my DNA.
1: Um, oh, hello! Hello, little nurse! Hi, look <laughs> at that beautiful face! Oh my
3: gosh! Your name is Honora? Yeah, my oh. name is Oh. <laughs> Hi, I hello! Have a named she does have a hamster named Jellybee. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> oh, well, hello! My name is Yakko, and I have a sister named Dot. And you are way cuter than Dot. Way cuter than Dot.
3: You remember watching Animaniacs, right?
1: Yeah. 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 You have excellent taste, just like your beautiful yeah. mommy. Yes. I know. Here's one for you. How about how about this one? Do you know this one? Oh toodles. You know toodles? Oh toodles. You know toodles? Yeah. 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 How about, how about What's Toodles from? Uh, Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse Club. Club. Yeah. It's from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. You love Hello, Mickey Mouse Toodles. Clubhouse, don't
0: you? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> when look at her. Mickey
1: calls Toodles. He talks to them. The boys.
3: Yeah. Mickey calls Toodles and he helps them solve their problems.
1: Yes. Hey, I'm Toodles. Toodles. You want to say bye bye? Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye Toodles. <laughs> Oh
0: my goodness. Kathleen, thank you. That just totally made my day. Oh, yeah. Golly.
2: Honor is our um, our uh, our honorary mascot. She's
0: Oh my goodness. Just She's a gorgeous. little
2: little cutie-patootie.
0: Oh boy, I'll say. So, but anyway, I think um Nick, the long, I I've given you a long drawn out answer, but I think I'm more comfortable doing comedy uh, mm-hmm. because it just is it's effortless for me. Right. Um, but um, like everybody else, I, if they hire me to be a bad guy, I'm in. I just like to work.
2: Right. Excellent. So, And by the way, we love long, drawn-out answers. Those are always the oh, best good. Oh, good. So we're good, good. We're good there. Uh, I also want to say that you starred in – and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I have to preface oh. this. Um, as we've already talked about pre-show with all the Funko Pops in the background and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you starred in probably one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. That's Lego Star Wars and the Padawan Menace. Now, the reason why that's my favorite, because now, just for those who are are wondering, uh, in that movie, according to IMDb, you were the voice of George Lucas, Commander Cody, and Little Bobby. Um, uh-huh. Now, it's my favorite amongst the Star Wars movies, because at approximately six minutes and 30 minutes into the movie, Jar Jar Binks becomes an exploded trail of Legos. Uh, <laughs> and it's phenomenal. I'm <laughs> so sad. I may or may not watch that that little section on repeat over and over again. soon. <laughs> Isn't that great? Now at first I just No, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say I at, you said it with such glee that <laughs> There's a reason. Yeah, I think I I can see that.
2: So he's a uh,
1: monster.
2: Pretty much, yeah. Uh at first I really didn't have a question here. I just want to okay. let Star Wars fans know that there is a place where this happens. Um but I figured, hey, as long as we're asking about Star Wars, I'll ask my typical Star Wars question because I am a Star Wars fan. Okay. I want to know, um, because you, of your involvement in different games and shows over the years, were you already a Star Wars fan when you started into doing this? Oh, and yeah. if so, what was your entry point into Star Wars fandom?
0: My entry point was 1977. I mean, Perfect. I remember clearly watching it. Um, and then Mark and I became very good friends. I've, I've known Mark really well for probably 25 years um (laughs) no it's
3: Tim's just dying over there
4: with me well and
0: I gotta stop dropping names Bob De Niro told me that but um, (laughs) (laughs) um but uh I'll tell you what not only is Mark obviously the savior of the universe but what a great guy um and uh you know, we used to come to my kids' birthday parties, and I would do the same, and my wife and I would do the same, and his wife, Mary Lou, they're all just the loveliest people, utterly unpretentious, loves doing animation, loves it. And I'll tell you what, my son is probably in your age range. My son is 37, and um, he loves Batman. Mm-hmm. And he told me about two years ago, we were chatting, I, we had just had Mark over, and we were talking, and I, he said, he said, "I got to tell you something, Dad. If I were on a desert island and I was relegated to watching one Batman version the rest of my life, it would be the the animated version." He said, mm-hmm. "I when it's Kevin and Mark, it kills it." I, he said, "I love Mike Keaton. I love um, um, oh God, the the one in the, the Dark Knight Rises, Christian Bale." Mm-hmm. Sure. He said, I, "I enjoy it. I love Batman. I love the whole ethos and franchise. Bob Kane, all of the but." For my money, that 20-year run of Mark and Kevin as the Joker and Batman, respectively,
2: is the nothing preeminent.
0: exactly. And I, I have to say that I talk to a lot of people your age who agree with them.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, there, there's no doubt. There's no question. Uh, I, I don't think there's any argument. If you ask anybody from about, about 35 to 45, yeah. um, that's the age range. Um, that was in it when it was coming out originally, right? Right. Um, and so I had, and to then preface- there's those younger
3: ones who still love it.
2: Yeah, I had yes. to clarify that for Kathleen because she's just a baby. Thank you. She's a wee <laughs> baby. Um, and I uh, wanted
3: to name me Batman if that makes it any better.
2: It does. It helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, those those were the voices of Batman and the Joker that I grew up on. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, when the shows were coming out, I didn't even know Mark Hamill was involved with it. I right. just I just liked it because it was so well written, so well it's done, cool. right. and it was so cool. So yeah, absolutely the best version of Batman in my opinion. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love
3: Batman. Well, thank you. So thank you for allowing my daughter to interrupt for oh, me.
0: <laughs> my goodness, she is just <laughs> precious and so demonstrative and so. Oh golly, she's, she's just... a
3: monster! No,
2: oh, I mean, that's, that's just the tip of the I- iceberg of her of her personality. Oh, yeah. that she place. is
3: very very three.
0: Oh, well, but thank it's you. So much fun! It was oh, so it was much beautiful! Fun. No, Made as soon as game. you said
3: "toodles," and she's like,
0: <gasps> "Wait a <laughs> minute! Now you're talking!"
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, looking into more of your work because there is just there's so much to look into. About two years ago, you released your autobiography voice. Right. Mm-hmm. Which goes into some of your very personal experiences. But then, being a voice actor, you also recorded the audiobook yourself. I did. So, what was that like, reading your own words and revisiting those experiences again instead of performing somebody else's script?
0: It was, uh, that's right. Thank you so much for asking. It was quite interesting. Um, I uh, I think the thing that I liked the most about the whole experience was that my son wrote and recorded um, the foreword uh, he, he, because, um, I think what happens, uh, why not think I know what happens. I go on my, through my career and my son is born and grows up and my wife and I, and all of us, you know, have a lovely family and all that. But, uh, I sometimes didn't pay that much attention as to what it must've been like for my kid growing up with me. All I knew is that we had a blast together because when he was, about six turtles came out and it was enormous. And so for probably another five years till he was 11 or so, I i mean, it was the, I could not have asked for anything more to have a little boy. Who's a turtle freak. <laughs> and for him to have his old man be Raphael was just brilliant. But there were points at which, uh, and, and frankly, Kathleen, I learned it more when I, when, when Ash was writing and, and, and showed me his, uh, his first couple of drafts of the forward, that there were some points during his life where it was a bit of a, a, bit of a, of a weight around his neck to have his old man be not famous, because the characters are famous. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are very sweet for making a fuss over me, but I don't draw him and I don't write him. And it's not like being Mark. But um, there were periods where it got to be a little bit of a hassle for him, because it was, uh, uh, I didn't even realize that he felt a certain amount of, um, I guess, pressure to see. well, my old man's doing this. Should I follow in his footsteps? Should I not? Should I be an actor? I don't want to. I'm not very good at it. People ask me all the time, hey, you're going to be like your dad. Maybe he can get you in somewhere, all that stuff. So it was fascinating to hear my son's take on his experience mm-hmm. as my kid. And, and I think that was the most uh, lovely aspect of the whole thing. Um, Because I had a co-writer who knows how to write, uh, I I learned, it sounds silly, but I really learned um, what it was like to take otherwise pretty, um, you know, I've lived my career. And so a lot of it to uh, a fan or, or friends I grew up in high school with is pretty exciting and all of that. But for me, it was just my job. However, I've had a remarkable career. And I've gotten to work with a lot of remarkably wonderful people. And when you put it in the hands and in the word processor or the typewriter of a person who knows how to construct a story, it's a pretty damn good book. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not supposed to be the Brothers Karamazov, you know. But when it comes to telling the story of a rank-and-file actor who is a voice guy, and then finds himself with throat cancer, it was, I think, an interesting read. Mm -hmm. And now, I think specifically because I didn't have toe cancer, I didn't have ear cancer, I had throat cancer. um, Mm -hmm. I have a story that is interesting and that may even be helpful and inspiring to other people who are struggling with something that hits them right where they live. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of your kindness, and this is not hyperbole due to your kindness and asking me about it we never know when someone is going to be watching your show and say god you know i heard these three great folks talking to this old guy ron pullman or whatever his name is another <laughs> another weird dude from michigan but i'll be damned that guy has the same kind of cancer that you just were diagnosed with dad and and he made it he's not only did he live but he's thriving There are brand new episodes of Animaniacs and Pinky the Brain that we're going to watch on Hulu this week, Dad. And Rob recorded those after he went through a brutal treatment regimen. So that's why my story is important in the context of helping others. And you guys have given me that opportunity, for which I thank you a lot.
2: I I think that's great. So I host on my own a, a separate podcast called Focused on Forward, where we talk to people about things and stories of issues that they've overcome, challenges that they've faced in Oh, life. good for you. Um, and that's that's from my own... It's a tearjerker. Uh, it's from my own experiences with my daughter uh, in 2019. She's 14 now, but we spent 97 days in the hospital with her, almost lost her twice. And I came out of the hospital, my head was basically a bag of cats.
0: Of course. Um,
2: and uh, we came out of that and that was part of my healing process was going and talking to other people. And,
0: amen, Tim.
2: and, and so one of the things I've always said about, about that show and about, even when I go on to other people's podcasts and cause I've been interviewed several times about my story is that even if one person hears it and it helps that one person, then I've done my job. And so I'd like to say the same thing for your story. If somebody's listening and it helps one person for them to know that, uh, cancer is beatable and and it's something they can overcome then man I, I hope it gives them the power that they need to go on through the day and the grace that they need to be able to go on through the rest of their life
0: thank you and god bless you and your family and your sweet baby i i um, i'm yakko and here i make my living talking and this is where i become speechless because <laughs> um it is nothing short of a profound privilege uh the position in which i find myself and i am dead serious when i thank you folks for giving me this glorious opportunity because my cancer experience does not have a silver lining it has a platinum lining i am now the spokesman for the head and neck cancer alliance uh, a position that was held by michael douglas Mm -hmm. uh jim kelly the quarterback for the buffalo bills that struggled with the same kind of cancer as i sadly people like eddie van halen and um Roger Ebert, we've lost to the same type of cancer, but I beat it, and simply because I'm able to do my job at the same level after the the cancer
1: mm-hmm.
0: is is a big deal, obviously to me and my family. But some of the shows about which we're speaking, Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain, oh, by the way, there are 13 new episodes coming out Friday on Hulu. Yay! Those are big shows, and. To the extent that I get uh, eyeballs drawn to me, I cannot, I cannot find enough opportunities to do what you kids are allowing me to do. So seriously, Tim and Nick and Kathleen, thank you very much. It's, it's a privilege. Well, thank you. you for
2: taking a couple minutes to go into detail about not that. At I all. appreciate it.
0: How long have
3: you been in remission now?
0: Well, I'm not in remission. I'm cured. I'm. Oh, that's um, even better. Was, thank you. Yes, ma'am. It was. Uh, thank you. It's five years. It was uh well four four and a half. Beautiful. So uh but I'm good, man. I'm um I go to all my checkups and
1: you know, they're gonna have to do a hell of a lot more than that and smack me around a little right? cancer, you know. It's cancer beautiful. can't stop you, nothing can. That's right, baby doll.
4: <laughs> so our Facebook page is filled with memes of all sorts and it's a combination between this and that and it has over 160,000 members. And wow! Yeah. and So, which two of your characters would you like to see come together to either work together or to become nemesis? Oh, gosh. I would love to see... I think I'd really like to see Pinky
0: and Carl Weezer. Um, <laughs> that was my choice. Yes. Thank you.
1: Uh, because, because Pinky and Carl aren't sadly cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. But... You know, Pinky may not have croissants, but he has croissant-flavored food pellets. And Carl's just going, dude, I don't know what your story is, but all I know is I am so into Jimmy's mom because Jimmy's mom has got it going on, you know? Turns out there's a very fine line between funny and felony. That's what I learned.
3: Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about Carl is his love of llamas, though. Oh, I
1: love them. They're the best things. I just don't, I like llamas to pet, not to eat. Oh, no. No. (sighs) Llamas
3: are friends,
1: not food. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Kathleen.
2: I was not prepared for a Carl Weezer version of (laughs) Jimmy's mom has got it going on. (laughs) Not even close. I think, oh.
3: I think there needs to be another postmodern jukebox.
0: That's oh. right. That oh my god,
1: fantastic!
0: That's oh. a great idea. I am going to ask Scott. I will. Dude. I will. I will ask him, and I'll let you guys know because if it gets done, you need to get the credit. That's a great. Oh, that would idea. be awesome.
1: <laughs> that is <laughs> great idea.
2: I would. Great yeah, idea. I would. God, I would love that. Oh my god. <laughs> Me too. <sighs> <laughs> i bet we'd get a ton of views oh that would, great, idea. that would break the internet i am yeah. pretty sure of it great idea uh-huh. oh all right rob we've gotten to a point in our show where we like to take our guests and run them through a little quiz okay all right so we call this quiz the year of the show but it's a very special edition today it's the paulson edition oh, boy. so what we're going to do is we're going to we have five questions each okay. of the questions are multiple choice Great. So what we're going to do is we're going to name one of your shows, and we're going to give you three years that were, it possibly came out, and you need to pick the right year.
0: Great. Okay.
2: Okay. Yep. Now, so if you get three of the questions right, we want to send you this mug here that says, I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Well, a clean Great. one that hasn't had two well, space all over. Yeah, not this That's one. Okay. This one, ha- This one has <laughs> had my lips on it, so we'll send a you A COVID-free one. one. Okay. Exactly. Fair enough. Exactly. Exactly. If you get four of the questions correct, we'd like to send you that mug along with uh, a book from the founder of our Facebook group, which just happens to be Nick's dad. Excellent. Uh, Nick's dad uh, wrote a book. I'll bring it up on camera here. It's called Custodians of the Guardian. Yeah, Custodians of the Cosmos. I'm going to get it right. Uh, and also, bring up the other one there, Nick. Put it back up on screen so you can see it. It's called Dances with Aliens. These are his two Excellent. new books. Uh, and so in Custodians of the Cosmos, he wrote about the red shirt widows and orphans, which okay. is what you see there. It's all about a young man who wanted to join something quite like Star Trek, but not quite enough to get him sued, uh, but uh, uh, didn't make it. He washed out and rejoined as a as a custodian so he could boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. Um cool. So, uh, but we'll send you both of those books. However, Fair if for some reason you should not meet the required minimum to receive one of our fine prizes, uh, we will send you, uh, or rather not send you, we take a picture of you, make a meme out of you and put it into our Facebook group. We call it a fun. I am, I am in. All right, Ooh. cool. All right, Nick, start it off.
4: So what year did this come out? The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Multiple okay. Choice, okay. 2001,
2: 2002, or 2004.
4: 2001.
2: IMDb says 2002, but we're going to go with you since you're the the actor.
0: Well, I I could be completely wrong, and I'm serious. I, I if it says 2002, then I would I would believe them. So I lose.
3: All right. Alright, fair enough. All
0: fine. <laughs> it's
3: just okay. one question. Okay, question number two: okay, What year down did, down down did down. Animaniacs air? Okay,
2: 1993, 1995,
0: or nineteen ninety seven? Ninety three. That correct. is correct. All right, so one and one. I was one. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I was one hundred.
3: <laughs> I literally grew up watching Animaniacs, though.
0: Thank you. A lot of people say they literally threw up watching Animaniacs, so uh-huh. I'll take it. It happens.
4: Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. Was it 1997,
0: 98, or 95?
2: Uh, 97. Close. Yeah. It was 95. 95. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was one of the two. All right. All right I wanted, you're a, you got one right, two, two incorrect. Got it. one and two. All, All right. right.
3: Johnny Bravo. Is that 1999? 2001 or
1: 2002.
0: I I want to say 99. You are correct. Thank you.
2: Very good. So 2 and 2.
4: Back at the barnyard, was it 1990, 2007 or 2020? 2007. Yes.
0: Great
3: way to softball it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So, it's like,
3: I don't want him to get all of my questions wrong.
2: Yay! All right, so we will send you this fine I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund coffee Thank mug, you. which has our lovely logo also on the back. Thank so, you. Um, And we have a link. We will have also a link for those of you who would like to buy one of those fine coffee mugs. That'll be down in the show description below. Uh, And and remember that 100 percent of the profits of those purchases go to benefit the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation, which helps sick kids in the hospital when they need it most.
0: Thank you so much. Mm
4: -hmm. And we'll probably also send you a couple of the books as well. So great. (laughs) I'm so thrilled. Honestly, thank you guys. That's great. All right, Rob. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can um, our listeners go to find out more about you and what you're doing?
0: Then you can follow me on Twitter at Yakko Pinky, which is Y-A-K-K-O-P-I-N-K-Y, all in one, uh, one word, lowercase. They can follow me on Instagram at Rob underscore Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. Uh, TikTok is Rob Paulson 311. ROVP at E U L S 311. And Facebook is Rob Paulson, voice actor. And um, don't forget that, uh, as I said, uh, I am the spokesperson for Head and Neck Cancer Alliance. If any of you people out there, you find folks have any questions, any concerns about head and neck cancers, please go to headandneck.org. All one word, headandneck.org. You'll see my story and many others and lots of really, really helpful information about uh, getting a hold of this cancer at the right time, like I did. Um, and uh, as I said, 13 brand-new episodes of Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain coming this Friday on Hulu. And, uh, or as Pinky likes to say, Hulu. I just love saying it. <laughs> um, and uh, I am uh, just thrilled to death. And what I always love to leave people with, and I know this is true because I'm like you guys. I love to laugh. I even love to snort when I laugh. And (laughs) um, I can tell you from my own anecdotal experience that laughter, oh, my goodness, you guys, laughter is so the best medicine. The cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free. So thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure to be with you.
3: Thank you. We are going to make sure that we link all of your socials in our video description as well as the headandneck.org. Thank you. Of course. Very
2: much. And of course, we want to remind everybody that if you haven't by now, you need to smash the subscribe button. That's what helps keep us getting amazing guests like Rob Paulson uh, to come on the show, have these fun conversations with, and it's going to help us more than you know. So please click that subscribe button. Smash away. That's right. If you haven't already. And be sure to go check out Rob's uh, work on the the socials and, of course, those new episodes uh, coming out on Hulu. Now, but for whatever reason, if you're not happy with the content of today's show, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the heads of our complaint department. That, of course, is Pinky and the Brain. Yes, We we suggest that you submit it at least in triplicate. The reason for that is although Brain tries very hard to be efficient and really should only need one copy, there's really no telling what Pinky might do or could do with those other two copies. I might eat them. (laughs) Exactly. So if it makes it past Pinky... We're sure that one of us will hear from Brain and will be required to do help him to do the same thing that he tries to do every day take over the world.
1: Yes, you made that exactly the way you should have, Tim. Well done.
4: Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Rob?
1: I think so, Nick. But if Jack's black and Betty's white, is Marvin gay? No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's going to fall out of his chair one of these times. He's, he's going to fall. He's so close. I am waiting for one of these episodes. King is going to fall out of his chair.
1: Good idea. Oh, my God. He's so close. Uh,
2: I'm okay. Are you I'm sure? Okay. Yeah, I'm Makes good. I'm me good. so happy. Well, uh, thanks
4: again, Rob. This You're has been so awesome. welcome, Thank you. kids.
0: Thank you, guys. Take good care of yourselves, and go Red Wings.
4: All welcome. right.
3: Thank All you right. for watching, everybody.
4: Bye, guys. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Redshirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wichita Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 77. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins Pinky in the Brain for an ill-funded attempt at world domination that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Redshirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and the nylons the chickens didn't want to wear.
3: And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. information about level up lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the
4: episode description below.
2: On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. 2020 by Drake Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer,
4: please contact us via email at Allen DraytonAllen at com.